Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's On Draft, a podcast where we each draft five picks around a prompt we've written for books, music, movies, TV shows, or anything else in the universe. And you, the listener, tell us whose picks make you wish someone a happy Father's Day. My name is Paul, and I am joined this evening by my usual co-host, Cameron and Michael, only one of whom is a father. Well, Michael's a cat dad, if you remember correctly, oh, that, he that proudly stated. Um mm-hmm. I got a little question for y'all. What did the naughty soccer player get for Christmas? What did the naughty soccer player or football player get for Christmas? Mike, you're, you're king of the dad jokes here. You should be able to. I know. I'm, I'm blanking. And I used to play soccer. I'm Was trying to think of a pun. What did you say? That, a red card. That's good though, Paul. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. No, he got, he got cool. <laughs> okay. Insert rim shot. Dad joke. Um. So, yeah, nothing, I love a good dad joke. We have a standing call at work. Um, and every time a new person joins that call, either on a permanent basis or for a one time, um, at the end of the call, they have to tell a dad joke. So um, that wasn't mine, but uh, I thought of that one. And so if I'm ever on the spot, that's my go-to now. I think it's pretty good. There you go. There you go. You got to really say it loudly, though. Yeah, I mean, Julian's sleeping you, you, in the other room. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. he's like 10 feet that way, so I wasn't going to be like shouting it. Full voice. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll pump right. up the audio. Yeah. Much like yeah. the Mission Impossible theme for listeners. <laughs> Sorry about that, uh, listeners. Um, that was my bad edit. I wanted to outro the episode with the Mission Impossible music, so I inserted the Mission Impossible music into my audio file. I then copied and pasted it at the end of the track, and I forgot to delete it from the front of the track. So <laughs> you got a very nice... <laughs> confusing and cuffany at the beginning there with uh, Paul trying to talk over the the MI music so many apologies there uh, listeners at least it went straight into the intro so there there wasn't there wasn't like a long period of Mission Impossible music to confuse people about what was happening that's true did I did I start the wrong podcast (laughs) no this is the same (laughs) this is right after the uh, dirty jokes episode which uh needless to say holly was quite furious <laughs> when she uh got to the meat of that episode and did not like what she heard so she uh was pretty disappointed and then we throw some music on top of the intro i mean we've just been we've been really messing uh, with our listeners you're saying holly's not a fan <laughs> of michael kane <laughs> Michael Kine. Michael Kine. Yeah, Holly, Holly loves my impressions for sure. <laughs> Question and answers. Question and answer time. All right. So before we hit up uh, today's episode, we want to start out with another response to our Q and A's. Again, you can find these on the Spotify mobile app. If you're on the episode, you scroll down. They're right there in the episode description. Uh, once again, as always, uh, the response comes from Jordan. 
Um, shout out to Jordan as our uh, most frequent participant here. Um, and it, he is answering the uh, for, for the Tom Cruise draft episode that was primarily the two of you. Um, and the question that I asked was, what is your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Jordan replied, Minority Report is his favorite movie, hence why he voted for Michael. I clearly remember seeing Minority Report in the theater in high school and being blown away by it. Also, it ignited his obsession with Philip K. Dick. So that Ooh. is the response from Jordan. And listeners, if any of you respond to one of the Q&A questions on uh, Spotify, we can input your answer here at the top of the episode. So uh, give, that, uh, give that a try. Go ahead and answer. Each episode has a question that relates to the topic. Um, and then also give this episode or any other episode a share with your friends. And let's see if we can get some more content in there that we can read out on the show so that is today's question and answer right on jordan thank you i appreciate it all right i gotta get my mother-in-law involved here come on judy <laughs> that is the question yeah Jor jordan is the most the highest participation rate uh gentry is the biggest like advocate for the show he tells so many people about it so well that's amazing two, yeah and he's got a bit two, of he's got a bit of a mouthpiece too right i mean he's he's got yeah. some followers yeah. he's got his own yeah so those um, two uh those two are the the two number number one fans not directly related to us <laughs> at this point <laughs> yeah hmm. uh, uh, all right well cameron uh we are actually on here just to showcase something that you have prepared so why don't you give us the the real intro for what's going on in this episode yeah so father's day of course this weekend uh it will be my second father's day paul will be your sixth uh yep yeah so um like where's the parade where's the smoking room where do, where do we all hang out you know you know uh, you what do i say to the bartender digits. Oh, you gotta get the double digits. Oh, shoot. Yeah, okay. then you get the jacket and okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so in the spirit of Father's Day, um, before this podcast even started, uh, when it was just a little dream of mine in my head, uh, I went ahead and I bought a microphone. It's the very microphone I still record on right now. And I was like, I wanna start recording something. And as a test, and this would have been gosh three years ago maybe two years ago uh, two and a half years ago me and my wife holly recorded a quote test episode and we said let's just you know draft something whatever we can think of and uh, i think we wanted to do something for our dads for some reason i don't even think it was close to father's day but we were trying to come up with an easy topic without spinning our wheels too much so we recorded five fictional characters that we would uh, say represent our dad. Uh, I think we ended up doing four fictional characters because she couldn't come up with five. And then we actually then, because since we know they're our father-in-laws, each other's dad, we did, well, our fifth pick will be picking something for the other dad. Did you pick the characters based on traits, individual traits uh, for each specific character to represent uh, yeah. some, some aspect of your father? Yes, that is correct. So there, these, okay. these are um, characters that remind me of my dad. They're characters that 
remind Holloway of her dad, essentially, and we go into the reasons why we think that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because some some characters, especially cartoons in cartoon comic strips, they're very kind of one dimensional. Mm-hmm. So I I was just thinking if you were to choose someone and you're just trying to focus on that one aspect of your father. Yes. I, so we kind of, especially I did that. If I remember the recording and I listened to it this week, <clears throat> I pulled from a character. Hey, this trait is something my dad seems to have. So that's yeah. why I picked like it. Like you drafted Fred was Flintstone li- because your dad drives with his feet powering the vehicle <laughs> at all times. <laughs> he, he loves to save on gas. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, hey, who can yeah, blame him? In this right economy. Uh, I'm telling you, man. I mean, we're not in California, but it was 447 when I drove home. Yikes. So this is a recording pre-multiple microphones, pre-editing, um, pre-really understanding how to speak on a recording. Uh, and so you'll hear a lot of crumpled paper in the background. You'll hear a lot of pencils rolling and, and jotting down. Uh, you'll hear a lot of non-confident speak that just kind of trails off. So you'll hear some authentic pre-pod Cameron, pre-pod guest Holly um, doing a rundown of the four fictional characters that they think best represents their fathers. And then we each do one more fictional character that represents our father-in-laws. Uh, this is from early 2020. And uh, I think that's it. So we'll just let the uh, episode play and um, enjoy. Welcome, everybody, including, everybody. including fathers, <laughs> to the inaugural special episode of this podcast. What's the name? Name to be determined. Nope. This is a special episode. Holly, why don't you tell everybody what we're talking about today? Um, well today we our theme is dads. And not necessarily could be, but not necessarily movie or TV dads, but our dads. And that was kind of the um, basis that we started with to pick um, these different people we're going to talk about. Characters. Our dad. Two and giants. Two mammoths. benchmarks of fatherhood. Yeah. And manly traits. Manly traits. Manly traits. All the manly. Now. If there are nuances. Lots of nuances. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to find fictional characters that remind us of our dads and discuss why. And I feel like we kind of limited to TV and movie. TV and movie. Visual media. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's easily accessible in case one of the dads has not seen these characters. (laughs) Um, Now, I'm sure uh, they both think that they are John Wayne, Dirty Harry, (laughs) you know, maybe, you know, Woodward and Bernstein, you know, who knows? And I mean, you know, there's been a time or two where... A time or two. But we're trying to be as truthful and honest as we can. Um, At the same time, I think we wanted to do this to show also what a great impression our dads have left on us. Yeah, kind of that overall sort of traits or um, lessons that have been kind of 
embossed like from them on us. Yeah. So. And we're doing this on a mo- monumental uh, month in a, in, in a monumental year. Yeah. Uh, to celebrate the retirement yeah. of Harry. Yeah. Uh, happy retirement, and that is the inspiration for this episode. Yep. Harry B. Let's get into it. Okay. Shall we? And I have five. I have four. You have four. Okay. Had our time with this one. Okay. I really did. Okay. Well, then I'll start and we'll just go back and forth. Yeah. I'll start and end. Yeah. All right. So my father, and if you've met him at <laughs> least probably three times, um, you'll probably agree with this assessment. But my first theme is frugality. <laughs> Um, no, I don't like your dad at all. Yeah, and uh, this character is a TV character on a show I've only seen in passing, but this character was spot on. And then upon research, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is him." Um, the show is Everybody Hates Chris, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is like executive produced by Chris Rock and inspired by his upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars uh, almost him, a younger Chris, as a kid growing up in somewhere, some York, city, New York somewhere. Um, and his father, Julius Rock, in the show, is quite a frugal guy. Give us some examples. Oh, my goodness. How so, frugal is he? <laughs> danger field over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they're eating breakfast and uh, somebody spills milk while pouring it into their cereal... He gets upset and he yells, that's 49 cents of milk spilt across the table. <laughs> that's how frugal he is. Um, but throughout the show, he kind of it's kind of portrayed negatively. Like as they're shopping, it's either uh, a good deal uh, or it's a ripoff. Okay, right? Okay. It's either – which that reminds me of my dad. Like sometimes I would be like, hey, I think I want to buy this. And he's like, you don't want to buy that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, X, Y, and Z. Well, it's like kind of the example of you can buy the liter Coke, two liter Coke, way cheaper than the, like bottles or whatever. Yep. But the convenience of the bottle, you know, right, there's right, a factor, right? right? No, sure. there's, no, there's only, yeah. However, price per ounce. Yep. They, yeah, yeah. Another thing Julius Rock does is that he finds the deals, right? So one of the things they do in the show is they eat at the place that has the deal that day on that day, right? Yeah. So it's like. Uh, you know, whatever, you know, extra wing Thursday, you go eat there on Thursdays. You don't go there on a Wednesday, Mm-mm, you know, you're losing it. Well, I can kind of relate. What are we go to? Was it the Italian restaurant? Johnny Carino's on Mondays. Dad oh. loves Johnny Carino's yeah. on Mondays because it's half price, half price, not 10% off, not 20, 30, 40, half price. Um, what is it called? Like family style entrees. This is not a sponsored podcast. Not a sponsored podcast, uh, but they're usually like 35, 38 bucks. You get them for $19 on Monday. I've been told. You've been told. Many a time. And I feel like if we were to go on a Tuesday, but almost Oh, I don't think losing... my father has ever ordered Johnny Carino's on a Tuesday specifically because there's a deal on a Monday. Like we were losing money almost. Exactly. Okay. Um, what else does he do? Let me see here. Um, so is he just kind of hard line, sort of? Uh, so he's a little over the top. They write the character clearly sure, over the sure. top. So here's something that's kind of funny, but I don't imagine my dad would say this because my dad was big into education. But the mom brought up, uh, should we get a tutor for the son who's struggling in a subject? And the quote was, no, tutors are expensive. He's just going to have to work harder. We mm-hmm. can barely afford kids. We can't afford stupid kids. <laughs> 
So that's not something that is not my dad. That's like the extreme of this, but uh, I, I did find that quote kind of kind of funny and uh, good Chris Rock style joke. Another one, uh, something that did remind me of my dad though is that uh, uh, he was really overly prepared on his taxes. Uh, Julius Rock, the character was, um, and even though a tax return was like estimated or promised. They could not spend it until we actually had the cash in hand. You know, even even though they're like your return is accepted and yeah yeah yeah. And it just reminds me. One time we were out of town and we went to a hotel and we stayed at the hotel. And when we went into the room, there was a card and it said, "Please enjoy your stay." And then there were two bottles of wine and like a cheese and cracker plate. And we were like, "Is this for us?" And my dad was all like, "I I, I don't know. I wouldn't touch it." <laughs> it was in our room and he was like no i, I don't know why it's there it's, uh, you know yeah. you know i don't know what you charge for it you right. know what i mean so we to show how low class we were we called the front desk <laughs> and we said hey this wine this these cheese and crackers here can we have these are these, these for free <laughs> are these free and they go yeah, yeah it's complimentary oh, okay we're just checking and then, you bust it up then we drank it and ate it and that reminded uh um you know the character doesn't use credit cards which you know obviously in the modern world my dad and my parents have relaxed on it used to be don't ever use a credit card but now it's just a way of life um but i think the the end the character in this show is supposed to be teaching his son the value of money and the value of working hard um to make your your earnings mm. um and i think in some episodes you know season ending or whatever he sees how hard his dad works mm-hmm. um to provide you know for his family which is why he's so careful with you know where the money's going yeah as kids so. you kind of don't see sort of what a dot like a dollar is you know what goes behind that dollar i guess you could say and right i think you know ultimately for some people i think that that's the way they show love to their family and so even though day to day it doesn't come across you know the 49 cents of milk on the floor right then feel that but at the end of the day you kind of realize like that's it yeah okay so julius rock everybody hates chris um a pretty decent show to have on in the background i've seen it uh more than a few times and uh it's got its merits no it's a a cute show it's funny i've seen a few before so all right all right well uh okay i'm not sure how to i've got a few i've got four you know not sure where to start, but I think I'm going to start with kind of a fun one, um, because while this person, my dad, is not just like this person, right? Um, it's a Sopranos character, spoiler. So I would hope none of our dads are exactly like a Sopranos character. They're sort of some within the world, right, within the world that's built in the show. Um, if my dad was to fill a role, this would be it. And so that's kind of how I base this one on. And that would be still um, Silvio. And he is the um, concierge, concierge, I cannot say the word. Can you help me out there? Okay. I believe it's concierge. Concierge. Concierge, yeah. Um, which I don't know exactly what that means. It's like <laughs> but, the... Uh... But he's kind of Tony's right-hand man. Yeah. Tony is the, the boss of the family. Um, and what I love about Syl and what I kind of see just the overall character traits, right, in my dad, is... Um, he doesn't have this sort of cutthroat um, desire to climb the ladder, um, you know, without, um, I guess you could say, like, without concern or without, you know, what's the word? Like, 
considering others, I guess you could say. It's not just like um, trying to make it to the top, trying to, to position himself in a place of power. That's not his goal. That's not Sill's goal. But Sill's also not a slouch. You know what I mean? So it's kind of that really mm -hmm. good middle ground mm -hmm. of being ambitious. Sill is very ambitious. He's very dutiful. Um, and so those are the kind of the words I put for Sill. Was he's loyal and dutiful. And hey, you might not like the duties he has to fulfill. I mean, many of us don't, but he fulfills his duties and what he he does what he's supposed to do. Um, he's you know at one point in the show given the opportunity to um, cross over, go to another family, which could provide him with a maybe a higher position, a little more um, cloud leadership recognition, whatever you want to say, and uh, he declines it and he wants to stay with his you know with with tony and with the soprano family and and um i feel like the other thing too about sill is he would rather hone his own skills where he's at and kind of master his role and do the best at that mm. role that he's in versus constantly try and change roles um as fast as possible and so it's kind of like quality over quantity yeah that i get out of sill um and also just this very like you know, hard to put your finger on, but just this very like contentment for, you know, what he does. And he didn't choose this role arbitrarily. He's not going to leave it arbitrarily. Right. Right. Kind of thing. And so, um, he sees the strengths, he sees the attributes or the things that he brings to the, the collective, you know, business or family. And he knows he has value and he has worth. And he also, he wants, he wants to give that worth and that value to this specific family and that's the loyalty. I uh, yes, and 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 now that you're saying it, I think I can I can kind of see where you're coming from because because I remember Sill Sill seems to be the only one that like talks honestly to Tony mm -hmm. without any uh like selfish reasoning. Yep. You know, like Paulie would be all like Tony, we gotta do this, but Paulie's got like a, a hand in the pot for that decision or whatever. Yeah. But Sill is the one who's like, Tony, can I be honest? Like if you do this, you yeah. know, yada yada yada, you know? And he's the only one that can do that. And that does remind me of your father. Kinda can uh can can uh you know bring us all down to a level playing field and, and lay it on is how it, how it probably is actually going to shake out. Cause I think at the end you realize it's not self-serving Yes. and therefore you're so much more willing to receive that maybe hard to hear truth because you know, it's, there's no ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. yeah, with Polly, that's a great example. Usually Polly's, uh, you know, ulterior motives are very shallow yep. and like, he's not trying to take over the business. You oh, know? oh, and he's just, he wants, you know, to, you know, get a little, have a little fun here and there maybe oh, yeah. even, but then you see someone like Christopher or you see, you know, there's a few others. What's his name? Chris, Christopher. Yeah. Christopher, you know, you know, Christopher. And you always, you know, when he kind of says things to Tony, there's always sort of that side eye of like, what is he really wanting to get out of it for himself? Um, so whether that's a big sort of thing that he might want to get out for himself or something frivolous like Polly, you don't really get that with Sil. So I think that's kind of just the, I am who I am, you know, sort of take me as I am sort of um, personality, I guess, that I see a lot in my dad. So, yeah. That's Good pick. Good pick. Also, little other similarity between Sill, similarity between Sill and your dad, and your mom may not know this, but they both own strip clubs. Bada Bing. Bada Bing. <laughs> Two locations, uh, I believe, uh, Trenton, New Jersey, and uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Hey, what a thought. Of course, they call it the, uh, the, the, the Bubba Bing down there. Bubba Bing. <laughs> Oh, good pick, good pick, good pick. Great show. Great show. Uh, definitely probably in my top five for sure. 
There's a character show. there that reminds me of your dad, but you probably didn't pick him. Oh. Maybe I'll throw in a little uh, we bonus should do, point. We should do a bonus point. What do we each think of each other's dad? So let's do it. I'm just going to find the tallest character I can find, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, All right. Shaq from Blue Chip. That's what I'm going to pick. Um, okay. Moving, moving on. Okay. Um, this character uh, from, I believe, 1957 classic. Sydney Lumet directed. This is one of the few films that I have rated as a 10. I think I have two films rated on my movie list as a 10. The French Connection is one, which I'm sure my dad would love to be Gene Hackman in The French mm-hmm. Connection. I'm sorry, that is not who I'm picking. Um, but this is from my other 10. 12 Angry Men. Great movie. Uh, you know, what do you call it? Condensed storytelling all in one room. Um about a jury trying to figure out if they should convict this kid for murder. Um, Twelve jurors, uh, at the time, all men. Um, Henry Fonda plays the key number eight, who kind of convinces them to kind of, A, we don't have all the facts, we can't convict them. Anyway, spoiler alert. (laughs) But that's not my dad. A lot of great character actors in this movie. Um, A lot of great actors in this movie. Uh, Jack Warden's probably one of my favorite. He plays six, I think. But my dad reminds me of juror number 11, who I don't even know who the actor is. Um, I can't even pronounce his last name. It's like George Voskarek. I don't know. But he's listed as a European watchmaker and naturalized American citizen who demonstrates strong patriotism. That's not really why I picked him. I picked him because he's one of the earlier non-guilty guys. uh, And he goes non-guilty because to him, eventually he goes... You know, it just doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. You know, he starts describing some scenarios and says, you know, why would the son uh, stab his dad and go to the movies? Like, it mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense. And it's that that makes me uh, connect to my dad's, uh, uh, not sensing, uh, intuition. intuition. Yeah, his intuition yeah. about, like, think about this. Does this does this make sense to you? Does mm-hmm. this gel? I mean, can you imagine this happening? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that, like, the times don't make sense, that the witnesses don't line up, but does it, does yeah, it, yeah, let's think about this, like, humans. When, like, a, the human nature right. quality of it. And, and there's a scene where he's, he's lining out the case, almost like for the prosecution, and he says, do you really think the kid would do this? Like, mm-hmm. that's what he would do? He says, I don't know. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me of my dad, because yeah. even though he's calculated, smart um you know number base mm-hmm. he still has a lot of intuition and there are times where he says you know what it just doesn't it, you know doesn't, i'm not buying it and you shouldn't be selling it yeah. you know and i think that i would say speak to that too just from what i've seen is that i think your dad will use that gut intuition instinct then he will find the data to back it up and he will prove it he's not just going to go off on that but it's kind of like this doesn't feel right why and so it's not just arbitrary, it's not mm-hmm. a whim, but that kind of guides him sometimes to away from something that maybe everyone else was on board for. And it's like, yeah. kind of, maybe we avoid, or people avoid, you know, negative or I guess as un, I don't know, comfortable, like avoid uncomfortable situations because of that gut. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I so. like that. That's a good, that's an interesting pick. So great movie. And I was just going to say, I, when I was looking at this, I was thinking about your dad. And if you want to go back and watch it, when I think of your dad, I think of juror number four. Whew, all right. Juror number four. Now, that's not Lee J. Cobb. That's not the last holdout, but he's toward the end. But 
he is also considered one of the more intelligent jurors because um, the movie's not about who's smart and who's dumb, Mm-mm. you know. But uh, anyway, fun game is to, to take your dad, go watch the movie, figure out which one of the jurors reminds you of your dad. Well, um, it's almost as if you're trying to steal my thunder here, but uh, I did not. So I actually chose one of the jurors for my dad as well. Oh, Oh, did you? Are you, are you shocked? Here? I am shocked. I would not have told you which one you should have chosen in that case. Yeah, yeah. So who did you choose? Well, um, after looking at them and, you know, kind of thinking, all right, don't be obvious, don't be obvious, whatever. I had to go juror number eight. And I have, oh! Which um, is played by Henry Fonda. Um, he is the the initial, the primary um, mm-hmm. not guilty mm-hmm. vote who gets the whole, you know, the whole room into a tizzy after a... All, uh, trying to, you know, mm-hmm. convince everyone. But the reasons are, um, and it's kind of interesting, but one of my first reasons was um, he does commit time and effort into making such an impactful decision mm-hmm. um, and that he doesn't go off of, of feelings or gut and not so much gut of like, this doesn't add up, something doesn't isn't right, but mm-hmm. that feeling of like uh, letting emotion kind of uh, cloud a judgment or a decision. Yeah. Um, so more on that side of like, this kid, you know, did some messed up things, right? It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but they did like not liking other things that the kid did or other extreme, extenuating, is that a word? Facts about him. Like we're here to judge this specific thing on its own merit. And I'm not going to let any other outside biases. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of reminded me of my dad. Um, also the disposition of Henry Fonda and the way he plays the jury, um, calm, doesn't let, um, kind of emotions prevail and get the dis- discussion oh, very calm. heated. Um, he is very clever. He uses a lot of questioning and not in like a kind of in a way to say, well, th- have you thought about this way? Or, um, doesn't debate the person so much as really tries to, um, lead them there, like mm-hmm. with facts and sort of get them there. Meet them where they're at, I mm-hmm. guess you could say, and sort of um, use questioning, use discussion to get them to this, you know, his yeah. side of truth. And um, I've experienced, I just want to say I've experienced this firsthand, like my dad and I, we can, you know, it seems for some people to be debating hot topics, debating big issues. Mm. But at the end of the day, we're just talking about, you know, our viewpoints of different things. We use a lot of like experience and facts. and But at the end of the day, we walk away from it. It's not emotional. It's not personal. Um, and so we can kind of leave it there. And then the other thing that um, I really, that this just is what pushed me over the edge to pick juror eight was he's not afraid to stand alone in the truth. And that to me, yeah. as soon as I kind of put that together about this character, I said, that's my dad mm-hmm. is that he doesn't let popularity or whichever way the wind blows sort of change his values, his, you know, mm-hmm. uh, values, morals. He's not afraid to stand alone in the truth mm-hmm. and that, ultimately and i think this movie is a microcosm because it's over what a few hours right a day i don't know um uh, it's, i think it's in real time i think yeah. it's so relatively like a few hours yeah so but i mean you know it takes a little bit long but like my dad ultimately will stand there and wait for if it takes months or whatever it may be he does not waver sort of on that truth and kind of is there for ready and waiting when people arrive there you know at the same conclusion as him, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, at the mm-hmm. truth. So I think that, that stoicism, I guess you could say, is pretty, um, I don't know, it's pretty rare. 
to be honest. Oh, it is. It is. I so I so when I said juror number three, I think I do feel kind of good in the sense that I think juror number three is probably the closest to juror number eight. They just end up starting on opposite sides of uh, yeah of the uh, kind of the the opinions. Yeah. Um, but they're both very smart and calm. They're they're the calmest two jurors in the entire uh you know whatever. Mm-hmm. deliberation room or whatever you know both of them are incredibly calm at the end the other one is just cal- calmly changes his vote you know mm-hmm. you know i think the other thing is that juror number eight is not stubborn right no. and 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 neither is your dad and he they, welcomes they, sort they, of, yeah, yeah and 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 not only not even you know not not stubborn or idealist or confident to a fault because i think even juror number eight says you know, I've we've talked. If look, if nobody's gonna change their vote, I'll go ahead and like if nobody else votes not guilty this time around, mm-hmm. I'll let it go. It's like because I'm not gonna hold it up as one of twelve. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he's at that point. Now, of course, he gets some support and they keep going. But sure. um, you know, he's not like he I believe what I process. believe, and you're never gonna he you're never gonna the change process my mind. As well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And I think too, ultimately, what I think is just this person, the juror, is just fair. Yes. And so I think that whatever that looks like in any, you know, situation mm-hmm. is just the fairness that I like. So good pick. Good yeah, pick. He's tall pick. and lean like your dad as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. Henry Fonda, yeah. Silvio Dante. Good picks. Okay. All right. Number, number three for me. Uh, this was a comedy. Um, the uh, late, great Jack Lemon from his classic, the Out of Towners. Never seen the Out of Towners. Never seen the Out of Towners. Now there's a remake from, uh, oh I don't know, ninety nine, two thousand, something like that. Okay. Who's in the remake? Uh, Steve Martin and, um, gosh, what is her name? Is that Barbara Streisand? Maybe it is Barbara Streisand. I don't know. Uh, You're saying you see your mom in the Barbara Streisand. No, no, definitely not. But uh, Jack Lemmon, the out-of-towners, what I like about this guy is that he's the show. tell me your manager's name kind of guy. Huh. Well, yeah. So he's the, oh, the plane's late. Oh, you don't have my seats left. Let me get your name. Let me, what, who's your manager? This is my name. You'll be hearing from me. That's a bit. It's a bit of a character, but that is my dad. There was this. You know, kind of the, the the household joke was like, "Oh, you're gonna be like your father and ask to see the manager, ask to talk to the manager." Mm-hmm. Uh, that that whole thing. And that's Jack Lemmon. If you don't know the out of towners, he's going from Ohio to New York for a job interview. He's going early so him and his wife can enjoy the city. And it is just a cluster the whole way there. The the planes diverted from where airport to the other. They got to take a train. They lose the luggage. You know, the train's diverted. They got to spend the night in Central Park, yada, yada, yada. And all along the way, uh, Jack Lemon is just like, who, who who, do you work for? What is your name? You'll be hearing from me. Uh, you know, do you know who I am? That sort of thing. Kind so, of just that, like, there are systems in place. for, And if they're not going, like, right. why are they not running and operating right. as smoothly as they are supposed to and set up to run? Exactly. You lost my luggage. You should be bending over backwards, mm-hmm. apologizing for losing my luggage, mm-hmm. not just saying it's not here. Mm-hmm. That's why he says, let me see your manager. He takes his name down. He tells every person he runs into, you'll be hearing from me. You know, all the way to the end. Uh, so that it reminded me of, of of my dad. I'm sure 
if I asked uh, my brother, he'd say the same thing. Oh yeah. Let me talk to your manager. G- give me your give me your number. You'll be hearing from me. I remember one time we went to a hotel, and uh, they didn't have the type of room or the room that we had booked. Uh, and my dad, I, gosh, I must have been like I don't know twelve, and I was standing there, you know, with my dad was checking in, and I think my dad was like, "I booked this," and they're like, "We just don't have we not we just, but you know, I'm sorry, we don't have that room available." Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, we can get you in this. And, and so my dad just picked up his phone and walked outside and just got on the phone and then started calling, like, whatever, the travel agent or his company agent, whoever had booked the room and whatever. Um, and then the hotel manager comes out and says, oh, Mr. Garcia, we do have a room. We do have a room. And then I was like, hey, that was a pretty cool trick, Dad. And I think that's what Jax Lemon's doing. You know, he's kind of saying, like, that's the I'm, I'm, he's taking. Yeah, he's like, give me your name. Give me your name. Let's see who bluffs first here. Well, Do I think you, furthermore. Are you really trying your hardest? I, well, I'm trying your hardest. That's it. And I yeah. Because I think furthermore, your dad going out and doing making that call is something that the employee could have also done. And right. to show To show like, all right, let me try. Like right. the is more it, logical thing or the more. Right. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, efficient thing to do. Right. And. The fact that your dad had to go out and play to do it. Well, yeah. Furthermore, I think he's saying like, if I end up getting, if I get on the phone and I end up getting a room that I wanted and you couldn't do it when you work for the company, like then there's going to be some serious problems. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, I think that kind of goes to there's in the chain of sort of I guess the um oh what's it called when you make something the we're rusty here it's one thirty at night um. Oh, when you're making a car, it's called the what? The factory chain of things. The the uh, assembly line. Assembly line. Yes, there we go. The assembly line of getting, you know, uh, the final product, right? Maybe this well, this girl wasn't trained well enough, so that's not her fault. It's right. Just, so who knows where the you know sort of out of place brick was, you know, in the foundation? But there is one somewhere, and I think your dad is really good at seeing like something fell through. From you know the highest mm-hmm. point to the like the customer facing side, mm-hmm. and let's try to figure out where that was. Yeah. Because if I'm the one who's having a call, right, something is not operating yeah. as it's supposed to. So, very much um, a problem solver, and is very able like to pinpoint really quickly like where the actual um, thing went wrong. Yeah. And then solve it. Clearly, way faster than a lot of other yeah. people can. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, somebody's thought about that now. Right? No, for sure. <laughs> the Out of Towners, 1970. It is a comedy. Neil Simon. So, if you like Neil Simon, check out the Out of Towners. Um, and if you like Jack Lemon, great, great, great pairing there. So All that's, right. that's my number three. It's tough. Um, I'm going to go with this one as my number. Is my number four? Three. Three. Your third. Yeah. I was going down, but no matter. Yeah. So this one, I um, this only one that I'm fairly certain my dad does not actually know from experience of watching the show, um, which is fine. But um, I this as I watched this show actually fairly recently, uh, binge watched. So it's an, an amazing show. <laughs> this is a plug for the show, not sponsored, but personal plug. Um, is the show's Battlestar Galactica. Um, one of those shows that on paper seemed like I might kind of like it, but I mean, there was some, some dings against it, right? Just in my head and my kind of judgmental head, right? Like it's 
uh, it was on Sci-Fi Network. That's the platform that hosts, or whatever you want to call it. And I was just like, ooh, Sci-Fi. That's Sharknado Channel, right? And oh, that, so it does, man. no, it's unfortunate. Um, and just a few things like that. However, this show is phenomenal writing, in my opinion. Um, great character development, which helped me to choose this character well. Um, and really good, um, not just the size of the writing, like the plot, um, kind of very thorough and very like not not a lot of holes in the plot if that makes sense so like um there's a word for it i can't think of it but... long form storytelling right like yes. story arcs that last the entire season the no entire one off episodes very few i mean yeah sure those that do really more extend characters and develop develop characters um but the plot is very central to this however the characters really really drive this plot forward um so that being said um the fourth or fourth <laughs> third the third person I picked is um, our uh, commander and admiral, so he's, you know, spoiler alert, gets promoted, uh, Adama, who is played by none other than Edward James almost. Mm. Um, as Cameron has pointed out, the you know, the only really... Um, it's the only prominent, uh, prominent yeah. uh, Latino lead I can think of in a science fiction series. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool and just pretty neat, but... Um, Adama is an interesting character and, um, what I like about Adama, um, and I think this, this show does really well as with the character development is you don't see sort of this one sided person for any of the characters, right? Um, you know, a lot of times you see a leader, so you're thinking a cat, an admiral, whatever it may be. And they sort of are one, are, are one faceted, right? You see a Ned Stark, great character, but very just sort of, um, one dimensional, you see sort of that leadership, that quiet, calm stoicism, which is great. You never see the human character, the human element of this person. And I think that this show and Adama and Edward James Olmos plays a character who, sh who is a strong leader. Um, he leads by example. He's going to be the first one. If he asks people to do something, he's going to be the first one to also do it, right? Like something that's not, um, you know, that's a tough ask, I guess you could say. Um, people are naturally drawn towards him, and I think that there's a lot of honesty to the, this character and a lot to this person, which is why people kind of willingly follow him. It's not really hard to, you know, want to follow him, I guess you could say, like for his, you know, people and that he commands. Um, but he doesn't assert his leadership in an aggressive way. And I think that's the big thing for him is he's not a, I'm your leader, like I'm the boss, I'm the guy, like, and people like, you know, kind of follow because of that. It's almost like, they want to follow him because of his humble leadership. Um, so anyways, I think that that's kind of a interesting dichotomy, or not dichotomy, I guess, like a balance that he strikes. Um, he's able to manage his emotions for the most part. Um, you know, like I've mentioned, there's some human qualities there. So there are some moments where you see the human person open up. But as he's leading people, as he knows he's being that leader, he can manage sort of his emotions and um, that cool, calm, collected kind of person. Um, he also has a strong belief in his own abilities. Um, there's an in intelligence there. It's not a cockiness or anything like that, but it's very much just like, he knows the call and this is, this, uh, he believes in what he's saying. Like, so that kind of also, I think helps to, you know, um, urge or the buy-in from other people, I guess you could say, to want to follow him. Um, 
So I also wrote that he, or just kind of made note that he's very methodical and stoic. Um, so he's calm in critical situations. So he's able to lead with that strate strategic and realistic mind. Um, and then his loyalty, he's very loyal um, to people. And it doesn't come across as a, oh, like lovey, overly sort of, um, I don't want, I don't know what a good emotional loyal, but it's just like, I believe in you. So you're going to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's very, just like almost kind of emboldens that other person to be like, okay, yeah, I am like yeah, in that way. And, um, his loyalty to his important people, the important people in his life, it often informs his strategic thinking. So his loyalty, a lot of times can inform his decision-making Whereas if like the people that he loved and cared about weren't involved, mm -hmm. he might choose a different path or a different strategy. Mm -hmm. um, but because his son and his daughter-like character or his, you know, lo his love or those kind of things are strategic and they're, you know, contingent basically on any of these plans, that's a factor. And he takes that loyalty into account. And these aren't just pawns in a game to him. Mm -hmm. They're people that he loves and cares about. And that's, a, you know. I, I think uh, you're right. He's he's loyal, and I think he values loyal. Mm -hmm. To extreme, uh, like Ty, his first officer. You know, they're pretty much together just because of loyalty. You know, yeah. in oh, isolation. Yeah. Ty doesn't really work with anybody else, but because they're they don't loyal. really seem to have much uh, crossover. Um, and furthermore, I think that I think of a a character that I've really been sort of drawn to is Kara Thrace, um, who is sort of his de facto daughter he mm -hmm. does he says you're like a daughter mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. is someone who could be very easily unloyal and mm -hmm. not in a bad way but more of a go off and do her own thing and you yeah. know that i kind of relate to that um he makes people who maybe wouldn't intrinsically be super like loyal as a defining characteristic a little more loyal yeah and so i think that that's kind of cool to see he brings that out of people that yeah, so. great character, great pick. I agree with this one 100%. Mm -hmm. um, stoic, uh, firm, calming, right, yeah. um, great leader in a in a very kind of quiet way, you know? But also yeah, like human. Human. I mean, people follow him not because he's loud and boisterous, no. right? They, they... But I think too, and I don't, you know, the scenes that they're not, the thing is they're not big dramatic scenes that he just lets loose every so often mm -hmm. and or, or makes mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you know? Well, I was about to say, what I love about him is that he is totally comfortable with admitting when he's wrong. Yep. And I, there's a nut, it's almost like a, a common line you hear from him when they're like, what? And he's like, look, and he'll say it in the show, go, look, I was wrong. Or we were wrong. Yeah. But now we got to do this. You, yeah. know? And, you know, we were wrong. And not like, oh. Doesn't get bogged down by it. Doesn't get bogged down doesn't by it. Doesn't deny it. Right. Uh, so that, that's. I think a, he tries to learn from it, I would say, would be the. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, great pick. Thanks. Great pick. Great show. Oh yeah. My my my, it's tough. It's definitely in my top three favorite shows of all time. I think um, it might be number one. As someone who was, I would I don't want to say reluctant, but semi unsure mm -hmm. I had to, to get into I had it. To shove it at you to make <laughs> you watch it. There were just a few factors that I was like, eh, eh. No, let it just just give it a shot. It's worth it. It's worth it. The acting, the character how, development. How much should you watch before you make a decision on the show? Ooh. I was hooked after the first the miniseries. The miniseries. Yeah. yeah. So watch the four-part miniseries. It's about Is it four? Four part. It went by fast. It, well, it's 45 minutes an episode. So, yeah. you, so you're talking three hours. Yeah. So watch the very long movie, the three-hour movie. It's like a short season. 
and yep, yeah. it is a short scene. And if you don't like it, then you probably won't like the rest. Mm-hmm. But if you like it, I guarantee you, there's a lot more of that. I was hooked at that point. Yeah. So yeah, great so. show, great pick. Yeah. Admiral Adama, Edward James Olmos. I must teach these kids. Jaime Escalante, Mm-mm. Stand and Deliver. This is another great movie. Okay. Number two for Cameron. My fourth pick. I say number two because it's like my, my, my second place. Um, great movie. Fun movie. Um, Galaxy Quest. You ever seen it? Gosh. Uh, this, is, this is the quintessential just fun movie. Uh, just well written. Well, amazingly acted. Great story. Um, just a lot of fun, okay. uh, especially if you're a bit of a Star Trek or a science fiction nerd, because it really plays on those tropes. Yeah. Um, right? You know the backstory. They're 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 a cast from like an old '70s or '80s science fiction show, and all they're doing now is just conventions. You know, okay. they're going through that thing, and they all hate it, except for Tim Allen, mm. who just loves the fact that he yeah, okay. he's the Captain Kirk. And he just loves how everybody loves him. I can see. Uh, and he's like, "Come on, guys, let's have some fun." Yeah. You know, with this. Social. Very social. Yeah. Enjoys the spotlight. Yep. Uh, relishes in you know his stature and his position. Now, how are you gonna connect this to your dad? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, reminds me of my dad. A bit of a Captain Kirk. More than that, bit of a William Shackner at a Star Trek convention is I think what my dad is. Mm-hmm. He would love to talk people's ears off about his experiences, which is what conventions are, you know? Tell us about what it was like on the set. Oh my goodness. If if somebody told my dad, Hey, tell us about what it was like when you worked for a living. Which or is just so in any experience. Yeah, he would day. love to talk for hours, you know, let alone have people pay money to come here. Oh my and gosh, talk. yeah. So that's the backstory, and of course, the the comedy of the movie is that they end up actually having to go out to space and you know fight aliens and yada yada yada. And when they first go out there, the whole cast is like, "What the heck? This is real. This is unbelievable." And the and Tim Allen's like, "Come on, guys, this is gonna be great. Like, this, yeah, 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 let's have some fun." And it just reminds me of my dad, you know, uh, you know, oh, if he likes the idea, yeah, oh, he's all in on it. He's like, "Come on, we can do it. Let's, you know, yeah. let's do it. Let's have fun." Yeah, let's come over here. Let's eat over here. Let's drink over here. Let's go watch this show. Let's blah, 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 blah. And it just reminds me of Tim Allen, who was all in when they got beamed up and had to go actually fly in these spaceships. He was all about it. Everybody else was stressed, confused, saying, I don't know. Is this going to work? But he liked it, the premise. And so he was was bought into it. And, you know, that kind you of know, reminded me of my dad. To a point, it can kind of, you know, make people or not make, but, you know, people that are hesitant or eh. Let's just give it a try. Kind of just like uh, almost not optimism. Like I don't want to say positivity, but yeah. sort of like mm-hmm. let's just do it. Yeah. Like just do it. Yeah. What's it gonna hurt? Yeah. Like do the thing. And, yeah. You know, it might make your life. And you know what? If it doesn't, like no harm, no foul. Like yeah. just no big deal. Yeah. So positive. Yeah. Those people. I think that he he brings people who are hesitant to sort of eh, those sort of fence sitters. You know, like so they're they're kind of sitting on either side of the fence. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to. And he's the one who can kind of tip people on and say, like, hey, let's just do this thing. And you know what? People that aren't decision makers, he helps them to feel more comfortable yeah. choosing a side, so to speak. Yeah. Just – and I don't, I'm not saying choose a side, like, in big. But just the, there are a lot of people who are on little silly things, like, oh, should we sit outside to eat or should we sit inside? And it's like – Yeah. 
your dad can lead the sort of, you know, mental. Hey, like, let's, and, let's do this. And, and if it, we don't like it, then we'll, you know, it'll and those be people right. who were kind of like, I don't know. They, yeah. If they were, had to make the decision, oh, yeah. they'd yeah. waffle back and forth. Yep. That's sometimes me. you need. I'm a waffler. Uh, sometimes you need someone to just say, let's do yeah. this thing. But uh, that's my number two. Like I said, great movie. One of the funnest movies um, you're going to watch. If you need to watch something with the kids, watch this thing. Uh, this is just a lot of fun. Listen to this cast. Okay. Tim Allen. Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Tony Shalhoub. And Sam Rockwell. Can't beat it. If that's not an all-star lineup, I don't know what is. It's Murderer's Row right there. Sam Rockwell is amazing. In this movie, like he is in every movie, he's one of, of my he's one of my favorites. Huh? A lot of white. However, sci-fi, right? We a lot talked of white. about white people. Tony Shalhoub's in there. But you know, so there is there so is going back I'm, to the I'm, Edward I'm, James Almost thing. It just kind of yeah. just further like there's not a lot of. So there is an African American uh, actor who plays another, but he's not a famous actor, and I'm well, sorry, I cannot recall his name at the moment. Well, I don't believe he made. He didn't make. Well, no, no, so it's a, it's, it's the, the, Daryl the, Mitchell? That's it. Yeah, so that's the cast of the show, and they all get beamed up into space. So he's like the helmsman, I think was his character. Okay. Um, but, uh, like I said, he's the only one who I don't know as a famous actor. I don't think he he's made it big. Much. No, no, he's not much. No. But I think that just kind of, I was just circling back to my point of, um, Edward James Almost, and that it is cool to see, you know, person of color in yeah. a sci-fi yeah. type of role. All right, ready for this is my last one, um, Holly's last. Holly's last. This is it. This is this is it, Harry. However, I guess I do have a bonus. You do for your dad. Oh, well, this is it for Harry then. Yeah. This is it, Harry. If you if you haven't heard your your uh, your favorite character, you better hope it's coming right now. So, I try to choose kind of some different traits and qualities. So with um, I'll start kind of work backwards. Adama from Battlestar Galactica, the um leader but leading by example um and then being the human quality that kind of thing like not afraid to admit and make mistakes that kind of thing um juror number eight the fairness the um sort of calm and clever um you know strategic mind and the ability or the fact that he's not afraid to stand alone the truth that truth is the truth is the truth and like he will stand up for the truth um Still, the loyal, dutiful, um, and he's not self-serving. He's not doing it like he's doing it out of just to genuinely be, he's like you know, honest to call, like to ask someone, hey, I think you need to do that. Like try to make people better, or you know, be honest for the the sake of that alone, not to better himself or get something out of it. Not self-serving, I guess you could say. So my last person, my last okay, uh, character. Okay. Um, the trait that I think was kind of missing from this list is the patience, um, determination, um, kind of a meticulous persistence, um, and a goal. And that's Andy Dufresne. I think I might be saying that not wrong. From Shawshank Redemption. Oh my gosh. So, um, hmm. and Cameron did give me sort of the idea. He, you know, said, but I, as I, analyzed, well. Way to tip the hand on my, hmm. I was kind of I was kind of listing qualities and I was having a hard time landing on a character and Cameron said this one and I wasn't sure and I started to look into it and as I just thought about the long term planning right of this character and I think of just myself I mean and a lot of people would give up and get discouraged after failed attempts um, 
of trying to get out and to, to seek the truth, as you know, we talked about. Uh, juror number eight is that truth seeker, right? Mm-hmm. And after attempts and you know using your logic and your knowledge and your um, those kind of things, your your skills to try and just be just to get a fair shake, a lot of people would give up and a lot of people would would throw their hands in the air, so to speak. And um, I think that the strategic long term mindset that my dad has shown. Um, looking, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. And a lot of people, it's hard for them to do that. Um, that he's very meticulous and that he knows like the small steps he needs to take every day to reach a future end goal. Um, hmm. And the patience to stick with it and do it. Um, so doesn't complain, you know, about having to do those things. Like, sol- like solves the problem at hand and... I just, I don't know. I think that's a pretty, like, that quality in, in Dufresne. Now, there are some other things that I don't know. Like, if I, the, the full character of Dufresne, I guess, fits my dad. But I think that aspect of him, that if he sets a goal in his mind, he's de- the determination to do it, the persistence, um, kind of reminds me a lot of my dad. So, yeah. yeah, Andy Dufresne, another tall, lean guy yeah. like your dad. So, there's a good pick there. Smart, but not in your face smart. Nope. But somehow his intelligence can't not be hidden. Yep. Which is like Dufresne. Everybody's kind of like, he's the smart guy. He's not trying to come off as no. smart. He's trying to just be normal. But, uh, and that's kind of your dad. You can tell your dad's smart, even though he might not try to like say, hey, that's how smart I am. But you just tell he's a smart guy. And I think that kind of goes to like the previous Adama that he's not the leadership, but it's a different trait, but it's not, he doesn't try to convince you. He shows by doing, right? Yeah. And by example, and therefore it feels authentic and genuine. And same thing with Andy Dufresne. And I, I mean, it, he uses his intelligence to help other people understand, like, um, oh, like the law and like kind of how it affects yeah. them and stuff. And that could come across as very arrogant and cocky if someone was to just be like, hey, I know a ton about, law, you know, or like put it out there like that. But he doesn't. It's approachable. And so then people seek him out. And I've, you know, I've mm. seen this a lot. Um, he wants to, use, my dad wants to use his strengths to influence others, yep. but he doesn't force it on other people. And um, so like, I don't know if you knew this, but I can't remember my dad taught or taught, led, I don't know how to say, a youth group of like high school boys for years mm. and years and years. And um, still in touch with some of them, but one, you know, Clay, you know, Clay, still in touch with him, like yep. really close. And, yep. um a lot of the guys really connected with him in that group yeah. and sought him, my dad out. Yeah. Even though my dad was the leader and you think my dad would be seeking them out, which yeah. in a way he was, but they really sought out his advice because he didn't just shove it on them. Right. Or shove it. He kind of right. presented who he was, presented how he, his approach to things and right. people were drawn to that yeah. and they wanted his advice on other things yeah. on even more things that weren't discussed in the, you know? And so I think that that kind of, uh, unassuming or non pushy but yeah. also like very clear and very uh, like you know he, my dad's very aware of like yeah and that's good like he's very he knows his strengths yeah um but he also doesn't just try and like you know push them out there so yeah it makes it more approachable and people seek it out definitely so yeah great pick yeah great pick nice 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 to bring it home well i got one more yeah. Got one more. This is a bit. This is an ensemble. This yeah, isn't. This isn't one. Uh, one character. But um, 
boy, I don't know, 2009 to 2012, sometime in there, movie, The Company Men. Okay. Um, kind of a post, you know, Great Recession movie. Um, some big hitters here. Tommy Lee Jones, Ben Affleck, Kevin Costner, uh, Chris Cooper. Um, essentially about a company that starts downsizing. Um, and they start laying people off. And first they lay off uh, Ben Affleck. And he's kind of the, the, the kind of the young in his 30s doing well. You know, he's got the nice car, the nice house. Uh, they lay him off, and so then he's got to, you know, um, try to find work. He's got to move in with his parents, with his family. He starts, like, having to, like, go help out his brother-in-law at the construction site. Then they lay off Chris Cooper, who's the older professional, and his kids, you know, he's got kids at college, and uh, so he's trying to find, a, you know, work, even though he's in his 50s, his late 50s. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones, he's the executive, but uh, he disagrees with the board, so he ends up getting forced out. And it's really about how people deal with um, job loss, job stress, stressing about losing your job, stressing about finding a job, um, which I, I identify with a, a good amount now, being you know in my 30s. But um, when I watched it, you know, I could only think of my dad because he was the only professional that I knew on a personal basis, really. Mm. Um, so. You know, the stress of not knowing, you know, if there's going to be external factors that might cause you to be out of work beyond your control, right? Um, and we know that here living in Northwest Arkansas that at any one time, Walmart lays people off, not because of performance, but just at a, at a you know, company level. Mm -hmm. You know, we were downsizing this department. Um, so it's that kind of stress. Um, and the kind of frustration that, you know, company loyalty doesn't really exist anymore, mm -hmm. especially with large corporations. Um, and uh, I think I think I remember showing this movie to my parents saying, oh, it's a good movie. You guys, you need to watch it. And I remember my dad saying it just hit a little too close to home, uh, mm. you know. So, so after he said that, you know, it, it's always kind of left a um, impression on me. Yeah. That... Uh, you know the the ugly side of, of of working for private companies um you know corporate america whatever um not to say that something needs to be changed about that but it's just a fact of life um that people are losing their jobs every day even even in a great economy there's just you know systematic um unemployment well, I think it kind of goes to like thinking of your dad and someone who who put in the the, the time and i mean not just like to one company, but the years and years of time mm -hmm. that, like you're saying, company loyalty doesn't always exist anymore, yeah. and it doesn't. And it's one of those things where it's like, what else can you do then? Mm -hmm. And so, right, it's like, but I think that I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't speak to like no your dad's work ethic or anything, but or anyone that's you know yeah does all the right things, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you kind of want to watch a movie that's a little it's a drama it's a almost a family social drama um especially in a in a time of of uh maybe uh, maybe your life is changing maybe your life might be changing even if it's like having a kid getting married it's a good watch to to see mm -hmm. how how people wade through different points uh different pivotal moments in their life um you know not to say that there's a right or a wrong way but just to kind of give a more human element to uh you know, 
Yeah. Whatever. Things like that. Interesting. Yeah. So that is my number one, the Company Men ensemble performance. Okay. So now before we, okay, so we're gonna do a little uh, off the cuff. You do one for my dad. I do one for your dad, right? Well, I've always said this about your dad. Oh, so you got one. You got one uh, cocked and ready. I will say I haven't like uh, sat and really like listed out or how you're gonna say like the traits and all that, but. I've just always, and I mean, I've said it as we've watched the show, I'll be like, that reminds me of your dad. Um, like certain things that this character does, right? In moments, I'll be like, that sounds like, that was like something your dad would do. Yeah. Um, even down to like daily habits, like gets the paper every day, um, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this isn't, I wanted to kind of piggyback this off of the second one I did for my dad, which was Silk. Silvio. Okay. The Sopranos. Oh boy. And uh, to just kind of preface, of course, by saying that the day-to-day specifics are not, like, they don't remind me of our dads, right? My my dad is not, you know, a second, like, right-hand guy to a mob boss. And he does not murder people. Murder, exactly. Sure, sure, sure. And same. That we know of. That we yeah, know well, of. You know, God forbid. Um, well, I should hope he doesn't own a strip club, because if he owned a strip club and he hasn't invited me by oh, now, uh, uh, uh. I would be very insulted. Well, you know. Got to keep the cover going, but um, he's trying to keep you out of the, the biz, Cam. He's not trying to make you a Christopher. I'm his only. I'm the is, closest thing to his. <laughs> I know I'm the closest thing to his son. Yeah. So uh, how, okay, so for David, um, I've always kind of had little um, rem- like reminding traits or qualities of Tony Soprano, mm. and um, of course, again, the extremeness of this character. It's a show like that's mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just needs to be said, whatever, but. One of the number one things that always reminds me is the work ethic that he's always working in his mind. And I don't mean like he's always crunching numbers or on the computer, but always working through something. He's always, he's strategic. He's always thinking. Uh, And it's not always how it's going to help a business or whatever it may be, but how it's going to help the end goal, how it's going to help his family. Um, And that was the other thing is he's very dedicated to his family and very invested in his family. Um, whether his actions always show that, especially with Carmela, um, at the end of the day, he's protect. He wants to protect his family. So anything that happens, he's always kind of thinking two steps ahead of that. Um, the other thing is that he's very self-made. Um, so Tony did not have the best upbringing, and furthermore, didn't have sort of like a quote-unquote formal education or mm-hmm. proper education. Now your dad mm-hmm. did go to school, but I just mean that to say that like they didn't let that upbringing sort of hold them back from their intelligent, like from being intelligent people. And, um, when it, you know what it hindered yeah, them, I guess yeah, you could yeah, say. Yeah. They kind of used it to propel them almost. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Tony loves his kids and he, you know, loves, wants to be involved in their lives and understand and help them and, you know, mm-hmm. bend over backwards, whatever he has to do to give them a leg up. Um, if he can, um, the other thing is he loves to entertain and have people over. Tony loves having barbecues oh, outside yeah. and all that stuff. And your dad loves to have um, parties and have people over. He loves yep. to cook. And so does, you know, those kind of things. Um, Tony's also very traditional in oh, yeah. the family. He loves, he, he wants a sit down family dinner. Everyone sits, everyone eats, you know, those kind of things. Um, and you kind of see the, you know, sort of, I don't know, the antithesis or the anti-character of this with his son, AJ, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, who 
doesn't want to do those things, who starts to kind of break the mold and I guess buck the mold the most strongly. Um, and that he does, he's like, I don't, I want to get up and go. I don't want to sit. Yeah. And you can tell it just, Tony just, he just doesn't get it. Yeah. He's like, why? Yeah. Like, why would you, this is what we do. We just, yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. Um, so those are a lot of the things that, um, again, like not, not all the things that Tony does remind me of your dad, but sort of that, just that personality. He likes to, um, he, he's assertive, like he is who he is and people know who he is, you know, and yeah that they just there's a lot of similarities there just in that um the way they display their personalities yeah all while there are yeah. a lot of differences in huh. what they choose to do with their personalities yeah, not very true very <laughs> tony true. soprano oh boy oh boy tony soprano wow okay that's a bold pick so two two soprano characters huh well, where am i in the sopranos you got Ooh. everybody else with a character I know who you are. Oh, I know who you are. I guess, let me think. Keep, okay. you, tell me my dad's last name. All right, so I had to do this one quick, but when coming to think about your dad, I think uh, a very safe and accurate pick would be none other than uh, Spock. Yeah. Uh, just sure. a classic um, introverted thinker highly intelligent um but very loyal um you know that's the big thing about spock he's supposed to be and he is he's fact oriented um logical driven um you know he he yeah an, an extroverted thinker as you myers-briggs people would probably um you know uh call it um but at, at, on the other side he's uh very loyal to his friends, uh, mm. including obviously Jim Jim Kirk. Uh, very reliable, um, almost you know too human as far as loyalty goes. You know too much of a friend. Mm. You know too family oriented, but on the other side, just too fact driven. You know, um, yeah. so you know he'll he'll give you the bad news. He'll tell you why it won't work, um, but then he'll stand by you. Um, with whatever your call is to move forward, um, calmly. Yeah. You know. No, I see that. You know. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of my uh, my take is a uh, Spock. I like it. Spock. You know, I kind of Spock came to mind, but I have to be honest, I don't know enough mm -hmm. about um. Oh, about uh, start about Spock as a character. Yeah. Speak on it, so I didn't want to. Well, you know how your dad says he like he's not surprised easily. No, he's and he's not. not, and that's Spock. He mm. does surprise it, but once in a while, you might get a genuine surprise, and that's Spock. I think there's been Let's like say maybe a retirement party, one or, or... yeah, a retirement party surprise him. I think there's been one or two episodes where Spock smiles because he's genuinely happy. Um, that's not to say he's not happy the other times, but it's only once in a while you can actually get that raw motion out of yeah. him yeah that re yeah. that raw reaction out of him so um spock of course played by the legendary leonard nimoy um all right i figured out your uh soprano no my you you you're not adriana i can tell you that um is she female is your character female i don't know uh do you know who you are i don't know what do you think i am oh so you don't know either cliffhanger for the audience 
Uh, Holly is. I bet my dad would agree with one of these characters who I think I was like when in a bad like immature when I was immature. AJ. Yeah. As AJ. a teen, I'm not that way anymore though. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's turn it over to the the audience. Who do you think? We'll let you know. Cliffhanger. Does it get back with us or not get back with us? Oh my god! Okay. Well, this was fun. Stick around for the next one, and we'll let you know. Yeah. No. Definitely stick around. We don't know where that is, but um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, any last words for either dads? Uh, basically, you know what, one define or one trait I see running through both of our dads or, you know, sort of running through commonalities is, um, they are who they are, hardworking, loyal, and, um, ultimately do what needs to get done for the good of those they care about. So yay dads. Yay dads. I agree. Mm -hmm. This has been fun. I'm Cameron. Holly. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. Tune in next time. All right, listeners, back in studio now. This is 2022 Cameron, Paul, and Michael. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that throwback episode. And uh, and maybe if we can find any other interesting content uh we'll put it uh we'll put it out here but uh hope that was good for y'all paul i don't know if i asked the listeners to vote at the end of that episode i'm sure i didn't but uh why don't you tell everybody um the usual stuff about our podcast yeah well i gotta say cameron first i can't believe you picked uh hans gruber four times to represent your dad in that draft so yippee ki <laughs> uh like listeners you can vote for uh who you think had the best collection of characters um uh, if you know this if, one. if you know if you know both of our fathers maybe you could say who's yeah who were was more who's, accurate right who was more accurate uh so yeah those those will be up um so if you go to the spotify mobile app You'll see a poll there. You can vote for Cameron or Holly for this episode. And then we will have a Father's Day related Q&A question uh, that you can give a response to there. And um, yeah, give give that a vote um, on Spotify. If you're not listening to this on Spotify, but you have the Spotify mobile app, there's a link in the description uh, for you to click and it'll take you there to where you vote on this podcast in particular. Uh, the other thing that is a big help for us is giving the podcast a five-star rating. Um, wherever you listen to the podcast, that really helps the algorithm promote the show to more people. And if you want to suggest a topic, give us any other kind of feedback or chat with us about this episode or any other episode, you can email us at what's on draft podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. And we want to remind you all to thank your fathers on Father's Day for everything that they do for y'all. And I just saw a hilarious video. It might've been from Jimmy Kimmel, but they were interviewing dads asking them about it. So you might uh, ask your dad without looking at you, what eye color you have, what your birthday is, because these dads could not answer that. So if your dads can answer those 
pieces of information, they're doing better than some people out there. This has been an episode of What's on Draft. Thank you.